0: listening to Make It, a podcast by Bonsai Creative that helps creatives in film get where they're going faster by sharing the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives across the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley, and with me today is my good friend and Make It podcast co-host, Nicholas Bugs. Hello, hello, Chris here with another episode of the Make It podcast. And this is an Indie Talk week. And that means I have my good friend and co-founder with me, Nicholas Bugs. Nick, say hello. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, folks? And you did say make it, not naked, right? Yeah, it's very close. (laughs) It's very close. Naked is how I've, you know... Thought about coming on to this podcast yeah, right before we started recording video right <laughs> right that's a little bit of my exhibitionist self uh i keep that i try to keep that on the wraps as much as possible it's not something i want to delve into fully yet one day i'll fully embrace it right fully right. embrace the naked podcast <laughs> the na- <laughs> There'll be a new podcast called The Naked Podcast. Right, right. Same branding. <laughs> <laughs> has, the, has the same same look. Uh, you won't be able to tell it apart. Um, but yeah, we're here. I'm glad we're here. This time, not as big of a hiatus. And I'm excited. There is a lot going on. And again, uh, the main thing that's going on is life back to normal, in my opinion. Yeah, Um, You saw Quiet Place make $57 million in the theaters on top of the money they made on the day and date. And people are out there. Fast and Furious is coming out on the 25th. Really got to watch the box office, the money for that. And it's festival season. And a lot of these uh, festivals have made the decision to go ahead and do it live. Yep. Um, there are a few people who are still sort of like, hey, I'm not vaccinated. I'm going to wear my mask or whatever it is. But by and large, um, we can maybe announce it like the pandemic is over for now. Uh, and I can tell you that's true because of traffic. You can't get anywhere. <laughs> <now. Right. laughs> it, is, it is dense. Yeah, Back to normal for sure. Yeah, it's people are feeling good. Uh, they're vaccinated. They're sticking magnets to their arms. Things are happening in the world. Yeah. And so it's uh, hybrid still,
1: though. Right. I mean, we're, we're back, but we're not. Right. So the film yeah. festivals are still offering this whole, you know, you can view it at home if you want to. Right. Which is kind of net new.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah. it's nice.
1: Right. For those of us who might be at home. Right. Either don't want to travel or can't travel You can still, you know, check out some of these films at these film festivals virtually. It's pretty I spent
0: this past weekend with a lot of creatives, and those conversations were rich and fun and long. And I think the reason why is because we've just missed each other. Whether we want to admit it or not, when we're out there and we actually get to see someone we haven't seen in a long time, there's something that happens where you're just like, we don't have to go home yet. Like, let's just keep this conversation going. But to your point, we talked with Knox Shelton and Miriam Bell at the uh, Indy Memphis Film Festival. And they did it virtually last year, just like most festivals did. And we were talking about this before, Nick, but there are these big upsides that were sort of unexpected um, that could continue feasibly into festivals going forward, not just in 2021, but forever, yep. because what we found out really, I think this is the main thing. What we found out is virtually networking and the nature of networking changed uh, fundamentally. When you go to a festival and network, which is really what they're all about, it's like kind of the price of admission, especially if you don't have a film that's playing, but especially so if you do. Yep. It's like sure. if I go and walk up to you, it takes a lot of courage if I don't know mm-hmm. you. And I've got to have a conversation with you. And if I do well, then we can reach a level of depth that is significant and and meaningful. meaningful. And I can keep up with you and I can say, Hey, Nick, you want to go have a beer with me after, you know, this screening, that screening, whatever you can say yes or no, but do you want to go do whatever? (laughs) And then, and then you can get a deep relationship that way. And like, there's all these different things you can do. But when it was virtual last year, You couldn't have that depth as easily, but you could have a width that you've never been able to experience ever before. Uh, Being in those virtual rooms with 20 or 30 uh, different creatives and just all you have to have is the courage to speak up and be the one speaking in that room. And suddenly, you know, 30 people just like that. And they're dropping you their emails and phone numbers in the chat. and, And anytime things get weird, you can just literally turn your camera off.
1: Right, like, or just I'm turn done. the
0: whole thing off. Or just turn the but, whole thing Yeah, but the yeah. cool thing about the chat though
1: is like, you know, you can chat to everyone. Like that's always an option, right? You can chat yeah. to everyone or you can privately chat with one person, right? Yes. And you can do that. So that's the benefit instead of having to like walk up to that person, you could just send a private chat. You know, I really like what that person had to say. Private chat, like, hey, you know, great stuff. I like what you said. And then keep a conversation going on the side. So so yeah, definitely changed it. And that's why I think we're going to be in this hybrid like it's like we're not back it's a new normal and the hybrid model is going to open up the doors for a lot of people to participate in these festivals
0: yeah and i think attendance will go up right because you'll still have the people that want to be there in person but now you've opened the world up to a whole different type of marketing and branding for your festival that's going to touch people who don't want to leave their home pandemic or not like they just weren't going to leave or they just don't have a week to be at a festival or they just don't love uh, the movie business that much, but they love, but maybe they're film enthusiasts, right? So they can right. watch all the yep. films on their desktop uh, and, and do it that way. The thing I spoke with Miriam uh, Bell about that I think she really liked is the second factor that happened in the virtual uh, festivals last year, which were the breakout rooms. Yep. To me, breakouts have been a part of business forever, for for as long as I can remember, but they really hadn't become a thing in film festivals until last year. And there's no reason for it. Uh, What typically happens is, is you buy a ticket to a panel, you have four to 10 people on a dais essentially. And then you have a theater full of people asking questions after maybe a short presentation to open that panel. Right. Right. Yep. But, That's not necessarily satisfying to everybody that bought a ticket there. And then you still have to deal with sort of get in line questions. Uh, Maybe I'm too scared to ask a dumb question in front of a large group. Uh, The panelists have to stay at least an additional 15 minutes after the panel ends, no matter what the festival tells you, because people will line up and ask you questions on those panels. We've been part of that situation where we just not that we're bitching, but like we literally can't get out of the room. Right. Yep. Like, like it's impossible. Like we're cornered. You can solve all of that by just breaking that panel up into five breakout rooms and then letting people switch every 15 minutes.
1: Yeah. Or giving them the option of coming and going as they please up to capacity.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah but then can take but,
1: 20 people in a room or 50 people in a room and then you
0: leave. Somebody else comes in. Well, you don't want it to be that big. That's the whole point. Well, yeah, you can make it 20 the attendee people. will get so much depth if it's just a breakout room of 10. But we have a ton of breakout rooms so you can satisfy the attendance of the festival for those who are really interested in learning. Yeah, but I like the flexibility of that. You know, we've
1: been to you know a couple of festivals where you do have that option. You know, you've got, let's say, four or five that are open. Mm-hmm. And let's say the attendee limit is 25 to 30, maybe even more, but 25 to 30, I it's think, is the more. number. Yeah. Um, but you could go in. I mean, they would they would lock you out at a certain number, right? And they would mm-hmm. get booked yep. up. Um, uh, but if there were openings and you could say, you know what, I'm out of this one, I'll walk into the next one. You know, it kind of gives you because you can't do that, you know, in a room. You don't want to disturb the room by walking in, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But just bouncing in and out of these um these virtual rooms is is so much different. So yeah, I mean, there's there's just so many different ways for them to flex this new muscle that they have you know, and I think this has given them an opportunity to learn like what works and what doesn't. But like you said, like so much of it works. So like how much more can they do, you know, next
0: time around? Yeah. I don't think, I think if you have a film at screening, it's a disservice virtually, uh, in some, in some respects. So I do get that, but I don't, if you're not screening a film, I think for a film festival, if we're looking at it from their POV, which we, which we rarely do, and, and I'm enjoying the fact that we're going to do that today is now you've created a new product. This is a brand new product that can have yeah. its own separate branding and marketing and its own new price point and everything The the offering is objectively l- less valuable. So, you know, it's also more inclusive it provides an entry point. You know, for people who might not be able to afford it, but are super talented and want to want to attend these things. Um, but but to the point that I just made about festivals, um, they're opening back up. And what we said in the past is to filmmakers is an indie filmmaker specifically is that you really need to be careful how many festivals you actually pay for on your festival run like, like at some point, uh, it's no longer a benefit to be, you know, at some point you become the customer of the film festival. If you're going to too many, especially film festivals that aren't necessarily a sales market. Um, and, but I do think they're on the flip side of that. If you make it into a festival, that is a film market. You are in great shape, and those festivals provide a lot of benefit. So, uh, I'd love to, to dive into that with you, Nick. Yeah, and I think the, the market thing is definitely huge. Um, you
1: know, it kind of gets back to, you know, some of the first principles, I guess, on and you know why you're making your film. You know, what you want to come of it. You know, yeah. Um, you know, so Tribeca, you know, is open. Was it June 9th through the 20th? You know, again, they've got all the good stuff online as well. You can you know watch films there. Um, but Tribeca is of course, one of the huge ones, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, if you're going to try to get into Tribeca, like, what do you need to get into Tribeca, you know? And, and what is it you need
0: expect to get out? A great movie You're right. <laughs> and, you <know? laughs> and, and you need, and you might need people with, uh, an execution past to, uh, be associated. There you go. And right? I guess correctly, Nick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: So that's, you know, that's the type of thing. It's like, it's not, I don't know, you know, you don't want to say that Tribeca is not for the dreamers, you know, cause you want them to, to, to dream and, and, you know, kind of shoot that shot if you will. Um, but at the same time, it's like, no, that's, that's for a certain type of film, right. It's for a certain type of filmmaker. It's for a certain type of audience. It's for a certain type of thing. Yeah. Um, I think they have, to, you know, as filmmakers, you have to remember that, you know, it's like those film festivals, you know, are, are businesses in themselves. Like you were just talking about like this new offering is a new product, right. To be sold by a business and that business has goals, Mm -hmm. right. It has intentions. It has things that it wants to accomplish. So it's like, when you think about getting into one of these festivals, it's like, well, you might have to stop thinking about you for, for just a second, right. right? And think about impossible. You're right, especially as a filmmaker, right? <laughs> it's like, no way, it's all about me. Yeah. Um, and I start thinking about like, what are the goals of the festival, right? And does my film, does my art, does it match? You know, like you said, it's like you need a great film, which of course every filmmaker is going to believe that they have. Uh, but then that, you know, that team that has executed and what does executed mean it doesn't mean creating a film. Yeah. Right. It, it means, can be, it can mean that, but it's, th- that's not the end of it. Yeah, exactly. I think it, it really means that, you know, again, there's a, there's a pathway to distribution. There's a pathway to sales. Uh, there's a connection to another part of the industry or other people in the industry. Like you said, you know, you, you want people who've executed in the past because those people also help bring other people to the festival itself, right? You're, you're bolstering the festival that way. So again, I think, for folks who are looking into, you know, the Tribeca's of the world and Sundance's and they're submitting their stuff. It's like, does your product, does your film and does your team align with the goals of the festival? And if you kind of level set there a little bit, I think it helps to level set your expectations on whether or not you'll be accepted and how well you'll do if you
0: are actually accepted right yeah i mean it's 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 a it's a big point to make, and by the way, uh I think I have an idea I just want to put it out there now and, see, and we'll come back to it in but in like five years on this like put a pin on this, like put it on the calendar <laughs> yeah. be three to five years next film markets next place you're gonna see movies come out of. A lot of festivals developed, a lot of money, things being shot. Uh, Miami or, or the state of Florida, but specifically Miami. And then the state of North Carolina. And then Texas. Austin. Austin, for sure. That's kind of already a thing, mm-hmm. but larger Texas as well. There's been so much migration of dollars out of, and we were talking about Tribeca, out of New York, New York lost, uh, is the number one uh, financial migration state uh, over the last 12 months. So meaning they've lost more money to other states than any other state in the United States. So uh, it doesn't mean New York's weak, it just means they had a big, big head start number two state is California. Now that's been in the news because that's become politicized, but taking all the political shit out of it, it's like California's lost a lot of money. Now this is how ahead of the game. California was, they've lost billions of dollars to migrated uh, to migration out to states like North Carolina, Florida, Texas, Tennessee has got mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of it as well. Tennessee's only like upside of that has, has, they've got a lot of it, but they, they, they've lost billions and they are still more than one. They're still, they're still almost double the size of the second state in terms of uh, rev gen um, maybe like 35% bigger than Texas, which is number two at this point. So I find that fa- just amazing how much revenue and just, you know, we always hear about people going to California and then, you know, finding out they're a small fish in a very big ocean, right. and then wanting to be a bigger fish in a smaller ocean and coming back somewhere else, but that really puts it into uh, perspective for you. Yeah. That, well, that California, that form, you know, from a financial standpoint, before that migration, was probably twice the uh, GDP, if you will, of, of the next second biggest <laughs> state. So, so, where's what's the biggest film festival in Texas? I guess it's South by Southwest, right? It would be in
1: Austin. Yep. And then what's the biggest festival in
0: Miami? Or let's just say Florida. And this is where you kiss me with my pants down. This is where the emperor has no clothes because I, I have no clue. Right. And, but that's the thing is but that it's going. but they're going to have one. Exactly. That's the, the point that, that art, that, that art Basel uh, group is going to like expand out to film. Right. Well, that's the point. And, and the NFT group down there is going bananas right, right now. Right. Right. So, you so that's, that's like one step away from film trust. Right.
1: Right. So you said like, you know, in the next couple of years and it may not I don't think it's going to take that long. But it's like you don't know what it is now, but we'll all know it next year. Yeah. Right. We'll all know it next year. The biggest film festival. So the same thing with, you know, with Tennessee, you know, it might be NAF, you know, but you know, who knows, maybe NAF gets some competition or NAF, you know, grows up a little bit. Maybe NAF grows up enough where, you know, it's National Film, film com, Festival. Yeah, National Film Festival. Maybe, um, you know, it's Filmcom and other things that it's done, you know, become a true, strong market because of all the talent that they brought there, you know, through this, you know, emigration from other places. So, you know, we'll see, you know, but I think that that's as the filmmakers are looking, you know, again, I think this is one of those where we're, You know, you got the crystal ball a little bit, you know, it's like, hey, look, you know, look for these other festivals and maybe South by, you know, get some additional love. But, you know, when you start throwing money in that space, you know, people don't necessarily want to just go with what's already there. Maybe they'll create a new one. Because it seems like
0: regardless of what market you have, um, ours is film, but it seems like regardless of what it is, it's going to go where where money is flowing. Right. Because it requires so much capital to to make, you know? Yeah.
1: And I think that's what filmmakers will need to pay attention to. And then, and again, when it comes to the festivals, pay attention to, you know, what they're trying to do. So even if you decide not to do a Tribeca or Sundance or South by, you know, and you're looking for another festival, just, I guess there's there's two ways that I think about it. One, if you have a finished product, then check the festivals, like find out which ones align with your content. Yep right? Don't just try to submit to submit, align with your content. And then the other way around is if you have your eye on a festival, make a movie for that festival, right? If it's Tribeca, watch what Tribeca, you know, accepts, watch what Sundance accepts, you know, look at that. And sometimes it is a combination of the, you know, great movie and a team. Uh, But when you get into those shorts, you know, uh, that world or the documentary world, maybe it's just a poignant
0: topic that's very well done. There seems to be a, a, a bifurcation that's happening in one genre, though. That might be a caveat to that rule. Mm-hmm. Um, horror seems to be a split that's happening. It's happening slowly. But there's the horror hound festival type of horror film. There's slasher where it's, horror. Where it's like a slasher movie. Yep. It's evil clowns. It's It's Saw. Yep. Yeah, and then there's the film horror, Invisible Man, A Quiet Place, dramatic horror, dramatic horror that yeah. that plays. It's what Amityville wanted to be when it first came out. It's what The Exorcist was. Yep, like just a great movie that happened to scare the heck out of you. That's coming back. And if you have that kind of horror in your hands, you know, normally I tell you, go to a horror specific film festival. That's going to mean more to your audience, actually. Mm-hmm. But now if you if you're making one of these horrors that is a film film that can also scare you, go to the film markets.
1: Yeah. Dramatic. Those, those type horror. of that's, film festivals. It is. Yeah. yeah. And I think they can't because, again, a lot of those I'm not going to say a lot. Uh, one of the benefits to this shift in the use of horror as a genre is being able to tell a, a social story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That kind of thing where there's some, something else underlying this, but we're using horror as the vehicle to tell you that story. Right. Or to make that point. So horror in that case literally is just the vehicle. Can we but play a short
0: game real quick? You're a man of games. <laughs> we play a short game called brilliant marketing or what the fuck? Maybe we call it, I don't know. Like, it's like, like <laughs> those are, those are two sides. It's either like brilliant genius marketing or, uh, I'm a hater. How about that? So no, there you go. Or You're I'm a, or, or I'm a hater. Right. The purge coming out on independence day, brilliant marketing or you're a hater? And I'll tell you my answer. I already have my answer, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm, curious. I'm curious what your answer is. Well, it's like, this is which version of the purge is this again? This is like the fourth purge. Right, exactly. It's called the purge, the final purge. You're right. It's, but it's we, know, kill- we know better that it's never going to be the final purge. <laughs> but We're going to keep doing it until we purge all of our dollars into their wallets. Yeah, but isn't this like kill everybody? Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I, I
1: want to give it the... You're a hater. Yeah,
0: I picked that <laughs> as well. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy to talk about this if anybody wants to, to engage, but um, I don't like it. I, I, I When I see their trailers and I realize j- the trailer itself is PG-13 minimum. And it's like as tense as our society is right now. This is the worst freaking time to release a purge movie where the premise is that you have one day of crime except in this particular version crime crime is unlimited now they've lifted the one day rule so crime is there it's extremely dystopian and now you just do whatever you want it's survival of the fittest forever and I don't know I, I mean movies are powerful you know think about what like the Joker movie did for incels you know, like, like <laughs> this, is, this is like this is like a powerful thing, and and all you need is 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 one or two people to take it too seriously, you know, and then and then you've got a bad situation on your hands, and then you release on Independence Day to sort of wink at at us as citizens to say. True freedom is the freedom to, and true independence is the independence to to kill the person. To kill everybody else with with impunity, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I, I
1: don't am I know, taking man. this too I,
0: seriously, or is, it, is this just fun? No, or am I being a am I being a prude?
1: No, you're probably be you know taking it you know too seriously, but it's like it's kind of like the idea here of like the the chaos theory. You know, it's like if you were to literally like look at it and say, how many different ways could this go? You know, you automatically see, you know, think, yeah, it could be fine, or it could not, (laughs) you know, and you see that. And it's like, and it could be not in that very specific way because, you know, if this ball hits that one and then that one hits that one and that one hits that one in this order, next thing you know, we have chaos on our hands. Right. Or at least some fools out there doing some stuff that they were inspired to do based off of the film and the timing of things. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Because there could be other things that are timed for that day as well. You know, and the, the convergence of those things and you not knowing that they converged can create some foolishness. But And I but think, think, think it, the it, fireworks think just puts
0: everybody on edge anyway. Just like the constant popping. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just, I don't know. Like a, like a pit of despair.
0: But yeah. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. done. You know your audience well. Um, yeah, man. So Tribeca is happening right now. I don't want to release too much information. But we have some surprises around this festival. That's why we sort of targeted targeted this festival to talk about. But uh, you know, to bring the point home and, and to wrap up uh, this uh, edition of Indie Talk, um, the the point is 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 key is that now that festivals have opened all the way back up, I think the need for content is as insatiable as it's ever been, but that hasn't changed the fact that the content still needs to be great. Yep. And the content still needs to match your, your given audience. And then if if you can do that bit of front end homework, you'll have so much more success in your submission path And your festival run, uh, excuse me, festival run, and, and you'll save, frankly, maybe thousands of dollars when you think about submissions being anywhere from, you know, as low as 60 bucks I've seen to as, to as much as 200 bucks. So, you know you could save yourself and your team tons of money just by doing a little bit of upfront homework. Don't be aspirational for the sake of being aspirational. Like don't submit to can just because it's can if it doesn't fit what you're, what you're doing and and what your plan is, have a really distinct plan. Your investors will love you for it. You'll make more money in the long run and you'll get to make that second, third, fourth film that all independent filmmakers want to want to make. Nick, you want to have, do you have any final comments uh, to, to bring us home? Yeah, I just think that, again, those festivals, uh,
1: there are many of them. There's, you know, so many of them. And before you get out there and just submit to as many as possible, either in hopes of winning several laurels or just being accepted, because, you know, as a filmmaker who's created something, there is some value to a lot of people are just being accepted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to make sure that if you get your hopes up, about any specific festival, festival that you're applying to, that you've done your research, you've done your homework, and you understand what the goals are of the festival, and you understand what they're trying to do, because by accepting you, they are saying that you align with our goals, mm-hmm. right? So pay attention to that as you're, um, you know, ex- you're, you're submitting to these festivals, and uh, I think you know that'll that'll take you a long way. To one making sure that you choose the right ones and two just making sure that you don't get your heart broken if you don't get accepted to the one or two that you really really
0: wanted my heart's been broken for 20 years nick <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just I kidding <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of people with wonderful hearts, I want to thank everybody that came out and hung out with me this weekend in Nashville, uh, where we did a little giveaway. Um, so for everybody that could make it in person, uh, thank you so much. Um, it, it means uh, a ton to me and, and to Nick for you guys to come out and support us for those who are around the globe and in all over, um, and, and all over the country, uh, those we've interviewed that are in LA and Canada and, um, and New York, and Illinois, and Atlanta, and Florida, and Alabama, and I I can't remember all the states, but there's so many. Um, We're going to have something in the mail for you really soon. And so we definitely did not forget about you and want to celebrate you. And thank you for supporting this podcast as well. Guess what, Nick? There's... What, Chris? Well... There's ways that other people can support. You can continue the support. And here's how you do it. You can reach out to us with your questions or concerns at contact at bonsai.film, F-I-L-M. You can also reach out to us directly on social media at underscore bonsai creative. Now that's on Instagram and on Twitter. But if you find yourself on Twitter, it's probably faster just to tweet at me and I am at flame in your heart uh, on Twitter or email Nick. So both of those are probably faster. You can email Nick at Nick at bonsai dot film uh, us on on Facebook or Instagram is also a, a pretty direct choice to make as well. But then you'll be sort of in an inbox full of messages, Uh, but, but I will take, we'll take any of it. So again, underscore bonsai creative on social and on Facebook, uh, just search for bonsai creative and we should uh, pop right up and you'll be able to uh, engage with us there. Uh, Another place that's fun to go to is uh, www.bonsai.film. It's a blast. We just revamped (laughs) the website. It looks great. You'll see giant pictures of me and Nick on the front Front page, and 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 that's going to be disturbing. But (laughs) then, if you keep going, you'll read the text, and you'll be inspired once again with all the blog posts, all the different services you can get involved in when you go to the site. Ways to engage with us, um, and you can even become a true fan. And so, there's a link on the page. If you love this podcast, if it's valuable to you, you can click the link. True fans and contributions start at five bucks. I mean, for the cup, for the cost of a just a cup of coffee. And if you go to Starbucks, not a good cup You're of right. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can support uh, the work that Nick and I are doing every day in the independent film community. So please do that. Uh, www.bonsai.film forward slash true fans. And last but not least, I really have to mention this because so many people this weekend, Nick, uh, did this very thing and we really need to increase this, uh, for the sake of our future guests. And that is everyone listening, please take the three seconds. I mean, it's literally three to five seconds. Go to Apple podcasts, find our podcast, make it, click five stars for us. It means the world to us and what it does. So I can explain it. It's not just an empty request. It's not just like a standard request that podcasters make. What happens is, is we reach out to representation for new guests that that representation immediately goes to our podcast, sees how many reviews we have and what our rating is. And so they don't even read the text. It's more like, what's the rating and how many do you have? And then that'll dictate the kind of guests we get. have on the podcast for the most part and you know we're going to bring it on the interview and research side so if you want to see us interview great people and really have an audio resume for the best people in film please go to our podcast rate it five stars today it takes three to five seconds again means the absolute world to us so we really appreciate it with that nick give us the
1: credo Uh, yes sir and i have to first add you know five seconds Five stars. Yes. All right. That's it. Five seconds. Five stars. I'm mad at you a little bit for that, but I'll take it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but with that, folks, as always, be better, be creative, be engaged. And thank you for listening. Nick, I'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, man, for sure. All right. Peace. All right. Take it easy, man. You too, brother. Bye. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast To find out more information about this week's topics, including links to relevant blog posts, projects, and indie creatives, please visit our website at www.banzai.film. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice by searching for Make It Banzai Creative and the show will pop right up. You now have the opportunity to support the production of this podcast. If you love Make It and are a true fan of what we're trying to accomplish in the indie film community, please visit www.bonsai.film and click Contribute. Contributions start at only $5 monthly. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Bonsai Creative and on Facebook by searching for Bonsai Creative. You can provide feedback to us via email at contact at And you can follow me, Chris, on Twitter at FlamingYourHeart. That's F-L-A-M-E-I-N-U-R-H-E-A-R-T. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step toward your filmmaking success, go to www.banzai.film and click on Services to explore a variety of offerings from keynotes and panels to pitch readiness assessments and so much more. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged, and thank you for listening.